Aloha, everyone. Welcome to the Oahu Church of Christ. I really appreciate uh, you joining us for worship this morning, and I pray that you're in good spirits and you're safe and you're healthy. Uh, thank you for letting me uh, come into your home or on your phone or on your iPad, wherever you might be uh, as you log in. Uh, but we're, uh, we're here so that we can get spiritual encouragement. You know, that's why we, we connect for church and to worship. And if this is your first time or you're visiting with us, uh, you're a special, a special friend to us, a special guest. Uh, thank you. And we'd love to be able to connect with you. Uh, and I want to encourage you, if you are uh, visiting us, I want to encourage you to uh, fill out that connection card that you'll find below. We'd love to stay in touch. We'd love to be able to support you in any way that we can. But I'm thankful for technology. We can still uh, stay connected uh, together uh, because of uh, all these uh, different types of things. But our heart is to continue to build community. You know, normally we meet together in person, but in this new age, uh, church is now being brought into the home. And so we've got to make extra efforts to stay connected and uh, be there for each other. You know, over the past several weeks, we've been talking about topics that have been very pertinent to what's going on in our world today. We've been talking about uncertain things, and Brad and Nick have done a, a great job, phenomenal job, talking about doubt, talking about uh, worry, talking about love, and over the next couple of weeks, we're going to continue talking about relevant topics that are going to help us deal with challenging times. But then at the end of the month, excitingly, we're going to come together of all the churches in the state of Hawaii, and we're going to have an all-Hawaii worship service. Aren't you excited about that? It's called Together. And so we're going to have disciples from the Maui Church, the Big Island Church, and the Oahu Church all coming together to be able to praise God and worship Him. So make sure you start inviting your friends and family members. Use social media. Do all that you can to be a, a digital representation uh, of getting this news out uh, to your family and friends. You know, no doubt, we're living in a very stressful time uh, in our lives. Uh, I think about uh, the, the global pandemic that's happening in our world today where COVID-19 has claimed the lives of nearly 300,000 people worldwide. Here in Hawaii, I'm, I'm grateful that Overall, we've done a great job trying to contain and, and really stop this virus. Uh, sadly, 17 people statewide have fallen uh, to uh, this disease. Uh, but even though we're spiritually distanced, we can stay spiritually connected and close during this pandemic together. And, and that's my heart. That's my heart. It's, uh, it's, it's different times, even the way we're meeting for church now. It's very different for us. Uh, we're not used to not seeing each other for a, a long period of time. God made us to have companionship. And so, uh, you know, I, I really feel for all of us uh, in the need of just wanting to get back together. But I want to talk about some solutions here that the Bible gives us of how to go through challenges and be victorious. I, I've just entitled This Week and Next Week, kind of a two-part series, but how to stay calm during a crisis. How to stay calm during a crisis. Uh, it is stressful times that we're living in. And it's not necessarily because of COVID-19, of uh, perhaps getting that disease, but 
We've got business owners who are stressed. They may not know if they're going to get financial help to to save their business. We have restaurants that have been closed for a long period of time. Uh, Restaurant owners, uh, employees that are wondering whether they're going to be going back to work or not. Uh, there's, There's stress all around. Depression, fear, concern, isolation. Uh, divorce rates are going up all over the world because of this time. Uh, the challenges that people may have, even financially. I think one of the biggest things that I am recognizing and seeing in this world today, it's not just COVID-19 that is spreading and the fear of that, but anxiety and worry and stress and fear, all those have gone viral as well. And these are emotional and mental and even spiritual illnesses that if we don't keep in check we can fall prey to these and they can take the best out of us. There are a couple things and problems about worry and I've mentioned this at different times but, but worry is, uh, it's, it's, it's not helpful. When we worry, we can't change the past and we certainly can't change the future. Worry is not helpful at all. It actually just makes us miserable today and it makes us miserable even tomorrow. Uh, worry is unhealthy. Uh, when we start to worry and allow worry to take over, it's amazing what can happen even physically in our bodies. It's unnatural. Uh, when we start worrying, we could, we could develop ulcers. Uh, we can get rashes all over our body. Uh, we could have insomnia. We could get backaches, headaches. There are a number of symptoms that happen when stuff is going on inside of us and it's, it's churning, it's, it's eating us up alive. And that's what worry will do. It's interesting, the old English word for worry is to strangle or to choke. And that's exactly what worry does for each one of us. When we allow worry to take over in our, our mindset and in our hearts, it starts to strangle us. We feel like we can't breathe. It chokes us out. And that's exactly what worry does. You know, plants and animals don't seem to worry. The only creature that God has made that seems to worry are human beings. Worry is not natural. Worry is not something that God wants us to be continually living in. It's not natural and it's not healthy. Worry and anxiety are are facts in life. But I think what we got to understand is that worry cannot dominate us. It, can't, it cannot dominate our life. If we're going to be calm or have a sense of peace or have a sense of, of security in God during a crisis, then we, we can't allow these types of emotions to take over in our lives. I want to share with you the, the prescription that the Bible gives us if we want worry to be fixed or we want it to go away because the thing about worry is it's something we learn over time it takes practice to be a good worrier but the great thing is we can relearn good things to be able to combat the worry or anxiety that we might have in our lives but I want us to look at what the Bible says a prescription that uh, the great apostle Paul gave us in Philippians chapter 4 this has been the most highlighted Uh, verse in the last several months uh, according to different Bible apps but it's found in Philippians chapter 4 and look what it says to help us fix 
our worry and to help us to stay calm during a crisis. Chapter 4, verse 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Different words really stand out in this verse. Anxious, petition, thanksgiving, peace, guard. The Apostle Paul is helping us to learn how to be calm during a crisis. How to be calm during a crisis. And I know that all of us can use some calmness today. I really believe that. We need the peace of God to come into our lives. We need God's, God's power to strengthen us in this time that could be very, very stressful in our lives. Even during a pandemic, we can find calmness. We can find peace. And here are the things that I'm going to go over this week and next week. We can have calmness. It's on your screen there. We see that, see, we can, we, we, we can have calmness. How? Control belongs to God. We've got to understand that that's where the control really belongs. Number two, if we want calmness, then uh, we've got to ask God for help. We've got to ask him for help. This is what the Apostle Paul is teaching us even in Philippians chapter 4. L, we've got to leave our worries with him. It's amazing how we, we exchange our worries to God and he gives us his peace. That's what he wants to do for us. And M, if we're going to have calmness in our life, then the Bible even tells us we've got to meditate on good things. We've got to be able to monitor what we allow in our minds and in our hearts because our thoughts are so powerful. Even Philippians 4 verse 8 says, Finally, brothers, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Wherever you're at when it comes to stress or anxiety that you're experiencing today, if you actually allow God to influence your mind and your heart, you're going to experience this peace that exceeds anything we cannot understand. And it's amazing what God will allow us to have. Anxiety, it's interesting. Even this whole word of anxiety comes from a couple words, Mary Nao, and it actually means to be divided in our minds. Uh, amazing how our mind can be divided, and it's mostly geared by what if statements. You know, what if this doesn't happen? What if that happens? What if that doesn't happen? We start building up all these different scenarios in our mind and we allow these, these thoughts that may not have even happened yet or will ever happen to actually dominate our thinking. And we start getting anxious. You know, what if, what if we don't get this loan or what if this restaurant doesn't open or what if I don't get this job back? And these, are, I think, are all in the normal parameters of, of worry. But what anxiety will do, it will it will amp up the level of intensity. We will be convinced in our minds that this is going to happen. We're not going to get this, this uh, uh, CARES Act loan. Uh, we're not going to get another job. We're, we, we go to the extremes. Our kids are going to get sick. They're going to they're not pass their classes. It's going to ruin their college education. 
um, you know, their chances. I mean, we go to the extreme. And that's what anxiety does in our life. It gets the best of us. And what does the Apostle Paul say? He says, don't be divided in your mind about anything. Don't be anxious in your mind about anything. Anything. That's like everything. And I think, really? I mean, can't I, can't I worry about some things? Can't I be anxious about some part of my life? The Bible says, don't be anxious about anything. If we want to be able to experience the calmness and the peace that passes all understanding, we can't be divided in our minds. And let, let, me, let me bring you in a little bit here to even Paul and who he was and when he wrote this and the context of even in this book. And Paul now is an older man. Uh, how old? Not totally sure exactly how old he is. But when Paul wrote this book, he was more than likely in house arrest. He was probably chained to, you know, some, some Roman guard awaiting trial before Nero. And you remember who Nero was? Nero, Nero executed Christians. And so Paul is probably basing this writing off the experiences that he had to persevere through. You can read about it in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, 24 through 29. Paul actually explains the different things that he had to experience. It talks about how he was, he was scourged five times. Jesus went through a scourging once. Paul went through a scourging five times. He got whipped. The Bible says that he was beaten three times with rods. He was pelted with rocks. He was shipwrecked three times. He was hungry in many situations. He was cold. He was naked. He was in danger of even the natural elements. If there's anyone who had any reason to be anxious or worried about his life, it would have been the Apostle Paul. And now he's suffering and waiting execution. And yet he doesn't complain. He doesn't worry. He says, don't be anxious about anything. Here's a man who had to go through all these things and he's saying, guys, don't be anxious about anything. How is this possible? This is not of human strength. But how could a man be saying something like this? The whole theme of the book of Philippians is on rejoice in the Lord. That's amazing to me. How is that possible? It's, it's possible because somehow Paul had the bedrock of belief that God was sovereign, that control belonged to him, that he didn't control it, but God controlled everything that was happening. You know, I, I have that word sovereign up there. You notice that word, you know, the, the word that's, that's right in that word, reign. You notice that, that word there? Reign, it means complete control. It means that God is in complete control and that control belongs to him. If you and I want peace that passes all understanding, then we've got to give up control over to God. We can't take control of our lives and think we're going to be fine. And Paul had this perspective that even though he was in prison, he understood that God was in complete control 
Can I mean, can we can we say that in our lives today, even during a pandemic? I want to share a little perspective. I got this from Randy McKean, who's now part of the Maui Church. And I read it the other day, and it was so helpful to give perspective about our generation and a generation that's lived before us. And I hope that it will just broaden our view that what we're going through right now, we're not the first generation to ever go through something as horrible as this. But imagine yourself being born in the 1900s. 1900 to be exact. But here I've got some bullet points for you to be able to consider. On your 14th birthday, World War I starts and ends four years later on your 18th birthday. Get this, 22 million people perished in World War I. Later in the year, the Spanish flu epidemic hits the planet and runs until your 20th birthday, okay? Two years more. Hear this, 50 million people die during that time. 50 million people. On your 29th birthday, the Great Depression begins, okay? A world collapse economically. Unemployment hits 25%. And that runs for about seven years, seven, eight years, until you're 33 years old. The, the country nearly collapses along with the world economy. When you turn 39 years old, World War II starts. On your 41st birthday, the United States is fully pulled into World War II. And that happens between your 39th and your 45th birthday. Guess, guess what? In World War II, 75 million people perish in that war. At age 50, the Korean War starts. Five million more people perish. You turn 55, the Vietnam War begins. And that goes on for 20 years. Four more million people perish in that conflict. On your 62nd birthday, the Cuban Missile Crisis happens. When you turn 75, the Vietnam War finally ends. Think of everyone who was born in the year 1900 and what they must have gone through if they lived to an age of 80 or more. I share this with us. Because one, I think there's a lot of things that we can learn from it. One, we've got to respect the people who are older than us. And they do understand challenge. They do understand hardship. They do understand uh, the, the, the times of challenge. Because many people who are older than us have endured and persevered some of these things. And I share these things because what we're going through today is not new under the sun for God. It's not new. God can bring us through this time of pandemic. I want us to keep things in perspective. Look at what Paul says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 12 and 14. He says to the Philippian Christians, Now I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. As a result, it's become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Because of my chains, most of the brothers in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and fearlessly. Paul looks at his situation as he's chained to a Roman guard. He looks at his situation and he, he doesn't look at it with depression 
or discouragement or fear or concern. He actually looks at his situation with the lens of God being sovereign and he, he, he believes that the situation is in is, is actually caused to spread the gospel even more. And it's giving other disciples in his time more courage, more fearlessness to be able to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And see, here's an important thing that I think you and I need to be able to understand. True peace is not the absence of crisis, but the presence of Christ in our crisis. When we have Christ in our crisis, then we are going to be able to absolutely experience the calmness and the peace that passes all understanding. When we understand that control belongs to God, not to us, but control belongs to God, then we're gonna be able to see this peace and experience it. And this is very hard for people who are control freaks. I mean, do you have any control freaks there in your house? Uh, don't, you don't need a point. But those who are control freaks have a harder time in situations like this and can because as control leaves a person, stress levels increase. When one feels like they don't have control about their circumstances or control about other, other situations, then stress levels will absolutely increase in their lives. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, control was never for you to, it was never meant for you to actually ever take. Control doesn't really belong to you or to me. Control belongs to God where it rightfully belongs. I want us to do a, a little exercise and just work with me in this. And I, I want us to, I want us to do something where we internally just give our control over to God. And so will you, you work with me in this? Um, you know, whatever you want to do, close your eyes, lift your arms up. I, I want you just to take just a moment to think about one area that really is stressing you out. And maybe it's finances, maybe it's your job, maybe it's a relationship, you know, whatever it might be. I want you to just, just repeat after me as you, as you say this to God, okay? God, today I, I resign from trying to run the universe. I, I quit as CEO of my life and my work. And I, I surrender, I just surrender complete control over to you. Amen. I mean, doesn't that feel good? I mean, if, if you just paused and you took some time just to just stop and give the control back over to God because control was never meant for you to take. It belongs to God. It belongs to him. And I want to encourage I want to encourage you whenever you feel stressful, whenever you feel anxious, take some time to give control back to God. Say this in your prayers. Say this in your heart. Say this in your attitude. 
and and you will begin to experience the peace of God that passes all understanding. So even Paul, when he was in prison, he was convinced that his imprisonment would would serve to spread the gospel, knowing that God was in control of all these things. It gave him peace, pieces that passes all understanding. In some ways, people may think uh, that things were falling out of place uh, in Paul's lives, but actually uh, pieces were falling into place in God's perspective because he's sovereign. And when we understand that, that even though challenges may be happening in our lives, but God is in control, he's actually dropping pieces into place. Do you have this kind of bedrock of belief of God's sovereignty in your life, over your family, over your finances, over your job, over your livelihood, over your health? If, if the answer is no or you're not sure, then I think we've identified where the source of anxiety comes from in your life. It comes from not giving control over to God. Because brothers and sisters, you could do a whole lot of right things you still might get COVID-19. There are a lot of things that you could be doing right, but there are a lot of other things that you can't even control. And it's amazing. And I think, I think this is where we've got to understand. If we want calmness, if we want to, to, to the peace that passes all understanding, then we've got to give up control to God where it rightly belongs. You know, two women have done that. This last Saturday, two women gave up control of their lives and gave it over to God. Maria Baviera and Amy Jacinto uh, got baptized and made Jesus Lord of their lives. They studied the scriptures. Their faith grew. They understood what sin was, of what they need to repent of. They confessed Jesus as Lord and they got baptized for the forgiveness of their sins. And they received the gift of the Holy Spirit. And they gave up control of their lives and gave it appropriately back up to God. And that's what we need to do if we want to have calmness in our lives. First, we gotta understand, we gotta give that control back to God where it belongs, amen? You know, I took a lot of time on this first point about control belongs to God for a reason because if we get that straight, then everything else that follows in Philippians chapter four will fall nicely into place. So if we're gonna experience calmness during a crisis, then control belongs to God. Give it to him. Don't try to take control of everything in your life. Surrender it to the Lord and trust that he is sovereign. He reigns. Secondly, you gotta ask God for help. That's how we experience calmness. You gotta pray. The Bible talks about it in Philippians 4, verse six. By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. In other words, pray about everything. You don't have to be limited about anything. You could actually pray to God about everything. He is our best counselor. He is our best confidant. He is our best friend. He's the best listener. He's the best friend that even understands the challenges and stress levels that we might be feeling in our lives. As people of faith, we choose prayer over being despaired. We've got to choose prayer. That's our, that's our lifeline. 
if we're going to strive and reach a greater peace in our hearts that passes all understanding. You know, it's interesting, this word petition, deasis, which means another word in some Bible translations, means supplication. And supplication is an interesting word too. It's a, it's a Latin word that means to plead humbly. You are actually going to someone who has more ability than what you have because you, you don't have the ability that someone else may have that they can do and accomplish. You ever, it, it's an envision someone getting on their knees and, and going before someone who has greater power and to ask them to do something that you're not capable of doing. That's what supplication means. You ever see those movies where like, like peasants, you know, they get on their knees and, and they go before a king and they, you know, they, they, just, they just go before a king and say, king, I am, I am not worthy and uh, I am not capable. Please show favor on your servant. Please have mercy. Please honor your servant. You ever see movies like that? That's supplication. You're, you're humbly pleading. You're surrendering your life to God. You know, as, as Christians, we, we, we bend our knees before God. We go to him, pleading, crying, begging, with thanksgiving, with humility. We go to God. And we bow before him and plead before him and pray to him in everything. And as a Christian, we may pray, God, I don't know what I'm going to do with my finances. I'm gonna, I don't know what I'm going to do with employment. I don't know what I'm going to do with my kids. I don't know what I'm going to do with my relationship. But show favor on your child. Show favor on your son, on your daughter. Honor me, God. Show favor. Grant me. Give me finances. Make up for what's lost. Grant me favor in this area. Help me see your glory. That's supplication. I don't know the last time you got on your knees in prayer. But guarantee, if you take that posture physically, and even in your heart, God's going to listen. And he's going to take care of you, and he's going to answer you. And Paul is showing us the pathway of finding peace that passes all understanding. It takes giving control back to God where it belongs. It calls for us asking him for help. Pray about everything. Not just about some things, but pray about everything. Instead of us worrying in our lives, we should be praying more in our lives with an attitude of pleading humbly before God. And I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what stress levels you might have. I don't know what challenges you might be going through. 
But God shows us. He shows us of the pathway of what it's going to take. And it, 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 it's prayer. It's petition. It's pleading humbly for him. You've got to work as if everything depends on you, but you've got to pray as if everything depends on God. And it does. And I guarantee, brothers and sisters, if we give control to where it really belongs, we're going to experience calmness. If we petition God and plead humbly with him, we're going to experience the calmness that passes all understanding. You know, as a church, we've got a great opportunity to continue praying. I really appreciate the brothers and sisters who participated in the prayer chains over the last four or five weeks. This upcoming week, we're going to have a fasting chain. And if you want to be part of that, there's a link you'll find below there. Click it. Just put an X of what day that you're able to fast. Pray and fast to the Lord. Don't put your name because we want to do it in secret because the Lord sees those things. But it's encouraging as a church to know that other men and women are laying their requests before the Lord in supplication. We live in uncertain times and it's challenging for many of us. But we know where we find our certainty and it's in Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. How do we find and stay calm during a crisis? Number one, control belongs to God. I hope, I hope we continually just surrender our lives over to him and let him carry our burden. That we cast all our anxiety upon him because he cares. Secondly, ask God for help in everything. If we do these things, we're gonna experience more calmness. Now, I'm gonna talk about the last two next week, so you're gonna have to join us next week. Tell some friends, tell some friends. If they're anxious, if they're stressful, maybe this message, a past message might help them. Have them, have them view it and get some spiritual strength and invite them to come see the next one as well. Because as a church, we wanna be able to encourage and support all that we do spiritually. As I mentioned in the beginning, if you're visiting us for the first time, we really wanna be able to connect with you. We want to be able to do that. And we usually meet in person, but in this, in this new arrangement, church is now being brought into all the homes. I wanna encourage you to reach out to us. It's hard in this kind of setup to know who we're connecting with but we'd love for you to reach out to us. I mentioned we've got that connection card that you'll find a link there at the bottom of the YouTube channel. Click that link, take a moment to fill it out. We wanna be able to meet you. We wanna be able to connect with you. If you're looking for friends, we're looking, you know, we, we, we wanna be able to help you find some spiritual friends to find some support. We wanna be able to, even if you, if you wanna study the Bible together, we'd love to be able to share scriptures with you. But please, reach out to us and make yourself known. We'll do our best to support you on your spiritual journey. Thank you for worshiping together this morning. Thank you for taking the time to get some spiritual encouragement. I look forward to seeing you next week. God bless.